The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie number one, Dave Anthony, yeah. is back. Number one. And I now know his measurements. And he's height and weight. Oh, that's... Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? How do I feel about it? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> I was in a lot worse shape recently. I think I've dropped 10 or more. Pounds? Kilos? Yeah, pounds. Because 10 kilos is a lot. What's pa- I don't even know what the conversion is, pounds. Fuck, I don't know. I, 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 think I tried I to guess one. on stage the other night when I was converting something in my mind, and I went way too low. I was like yeah. trying to... How much would a lion weigh in pounds? A what? Think? A lion. A lion? Yeah. What do you reckon Gee, a lion would weigh in 500? pounds? 500? Yeah. That's what a lion would weigh. Not say 200. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be a tiny lion. Yeah. So yeah. everyone in my story was not as impressed by the lion. <laughs> the cute little Simba type lion that I had. No, 500 pound lion is the way you go. Yeah. Go high on a lion. Yeah. I think it's like 1.6, but I, I'm probably wrong about that. I don't know. What do you, what, what do you weigh in pounds? Are you allowed to say that? Uh, on the, on I'm, the at one, I'm down to 191. 191. Yeah. And okay. Oh, that's. Let's 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 convert it. What? I'm, I mean, this is this is Tofop, so we look stuff up. Plus, we always like to start with a mathematical. Uh, <laughs> this is an educational podcast. You're listening to. I'm going to reclassify. I'm going to reclassify this one. It won't go on comedy this week. It'll go on educational, we and, get, and we'll be number one in that one. Fuck you, Hamish and Andy. We'll get that, we just need to be in a new hey, category. Can I say that I was above Hamish and Andy on the comedy charts? You were. Yeah. I've never fucking been above they, them. They have an album of some sort. Yep. And I was one and they were like five or six. Right. Their album's been out for about nine years. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. <laughs> the funniest thing was I was on the They're US They're like one chart. of those albums that never goes out of yeah, the US charts. Right. I, I, uh, so someone, someone calls me up and goes, hey man, you're like number 20, 20 on the US charts. Yep. I go to look and I'm between two Mitch Hedberg albums. Ah, and I'm like, well, he yeah. died He's seven years ago. <laughs> so that's where I am. That's how artists feel when at Tupac's mum puts out another album. <laughs> she finds some other Tupac down the back of the couch. <laughs> some other Tupac types. Oh, there's more Tupac here. Yeah. Mum has spent all her stuff. Tupac's. Oh, I found another Tupac recording. Do you I, think uh, that she has some, like, I think she's imported some like Chinese two packs that she has I in mean, her where basement. Is it, where does she it has keep them down there? From? She has them down there getting the. Well, the, Australia's just done this, Dave. We have, um, and it's a thing that I speak about a lot in my stand up, but I think we've touched on it on the podcast before. Australia's attitude to boat people is not what it should be, uh, particularly because we're a nation of boat people. Without people going there on a boat, 
our white Australia would not exist. I also don't think we're allowed to call them boat people anymore. I think that it's now a such a negative in America. It's such a negative term that I don't think we use it. You're not allowed to call them that in Australia. You're either. not. During the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I got the weirdest fucking email because if you listen to my bit, it's clearly pro asylum seeker yeah. and anti cockhead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but in the language I use, oh, there's a boat person coming here to take my job because that's the language that the cockhead uses right. you when are, they're yes. getting it wrong. Yeah. Right. They're illegal and they're coming here on a boat. No, neither. Well, they're coming on a boat, but they're not boat people. <laughs> they're asylum seekers. Right. You're right about them coming on a boat but so um i always use that language and this woman wrote me this email afterwards going she was never going to come, come and see me again yeah and because i, I my anti uh, uh, my anti-boat people attitude yeah and i was like did you look away when have i started you, that bit though people hear it and they just take it for face value they I don't said, realize also, you're doing a character did you also not like look, look at the rest of my show and think no. that was an unusual attitude for me to have as soon as <laughs> as soon as you said that everything i just like everything just Everything went black except for just those words highlighted above your head. Right. And that's and that was it. And I wrote back to her, but like in just the way that I was like, you know what, I've shown this show to a lot of people and they all <laughs> they all got it. So I'm just gonna have to say. I did this show for a bunch of dirty boat people. Did you say that? <laughs> I just got offered a gig on uh, a place called Nauru, which is one of the places that we keep the uh, our asylum seekers. You keep you keep them on an island. Yeah, offshore processing. That's what they call it, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's very America, eighteen hundreds. Right. Yeah, <laughs> old school. It is old school. So uh, basically, uh, particularly as over ninety percent of them are eventually declared legitimate refugees uh-huh. and released into the community. Yeah, it does seem like it would be a bit cruel and unusual to lock up people who are fleeing persecution yeah. in a place for a minimum of two uh, years where they don't let journalists in uh, to look at it. Interesting. Not allowed. They that's just very, that's in. very, very Guantanamo Bay. Of right, you guys. isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? And one of them's a place called Christmas Island. Not as fun as that sounds. I mean, and Christmas <laughs> Island sounds. Is it just? Santa's walking around. Right. There's always gifts. Right. I feel like they be, might be making toys <laughs> with their nimble fingers, <laughs> and that's why the cameras are not allowed in. Yeah. But basically, um, uh, just to, this to show how obsessed Australia is with sport, we just fast tracked an an asylum seeker's oh, yeah. uh, visa uh-huh. because he's good at cricket. Yeah. Oh, sure you did. And we're, we need a spin bowler at the moment, desperately. <laughs> we're about to go into the ashes and we're oh. desperate. We don't... Ha- and we there's this one guy. Where is he from? Uh, he's from Pakistan, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's an asylum seeker and we just rushed it through. It was yeah. like, we need him for the ashes. So, so what I'm saying is on all those islands like Christmas Island yeah. and Nauru, instead of prisons... What they should set up are cricket clinics. Yeah, and just so train. So just some nets. Train all day. Right. Yeah. Just get you wrong and right, and we'll get you to Australia. So from now on, <laughs> it's not about the persecution that you're escaping. It's about how good you are at sports. It's an opportunity. Yes, it is. It's an opportunity to advance. You know, we maybe drop them off like at the world record, uh, you know, 1,500 meters out from shore. Right. If you can get in and under 1,445. How about this? Bang. You're in. How about when they, get, when they get... To Christmas Island, yep. you split them into teams. Right, right, perfect. Have a tournament, and then, and then I would say, I would say have a couple of tournaments, right. and and then from those you get a couple of winners, and then you take the best players and you form a team. Right, and then those guys get to those guys get to say, and everyone else has to swim back home. Well, maybe they don't have to swim back home because here's what you need when you have uh, exceptional athletes: mm-hmm. you need an entourage. 
I mean, oh, if, yeah. If you're an exceptional yeah. athlete, you can't be doing your own washing. But you can't be cooking your own meals. What you need is a, a group of people around you who are dedicated to the fact that you're going to be a great athlete. Yes. And who are willing to work for cheap, right? Yeah. So here's what people do then. You become hangers on or you, you, you attach yourself to a supreme athlete yeah. and you provide something for them. And then I, you can come in as well as part of the posse. I would also say that there should be... Um, I would say if you are coming to Christmas Island, you should start um, a steroid lab right. that always perfect. stays one step ahead of testing. Exactly. Like that's another way to get a Well, isn't that the perfect place to do it? <laughs> it really and, is because there's, there's and no so, journalists. Well, here's the thing. If you're, if, you're not, if you're fleeing from a country and you don't think you have athletic abilities, here's what you might be able to do. Work in the lab. Right, work right. in the lab, figure it out. Ever seen Breaking Bad? Jesse Pinkman's not qualified. No, he's not at no, all. No, he just learned from somebody who was. And he's very good now. He's very good now. He can <laughs> run the lab by himself if you want to. So wait, so uh, did journalists ever go, hey, can we should be able to go there? Or does anybody in Australia go, hey, you sh- we should know what's happening there? Yeah, people do. And that's, the government that's just goes, you find ah, out like, nah. Nah, you don't need nah, to. you don't need to see it. <laughs> it's good stuff, though. It's nothing but good stuff. That's oh, how can it be anything but it's great because, stuff? That's yeah. why we don't want to show you, so people aren't jealous. Right. <laughs> people in Australia might like be kings. Then people might, from Australia might be coming here, right, on boats. What if seeking you, asylum? What if you found out that it's basically slave labor and all they're making is Tim Tams, and that's where your Tim Tams come from? Well, then I feel like worth, they. Worth it's it? worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. I mean, they feel like they've been part of something great. You know what I mean? In your country, you were fleeing persecution. Now you're essentially working in Australia's version of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Right. There's another wrong. I mean, I don't know if the Oompa Loompas were getting paid a award. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did they have a union? No, the Oompa Loompas had no union. No union? No. I I imagine that was slave labor. Oh, that was definitely slave. I mean, it feels like they created a breed of something to work in a chocolate factory. Which I have no problems with. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, I mean, if they're created for that purpose and they're singing... Yeah. I mean, they're delightful. If you're singing at any job you're at, you're right. enjoying that job, even if you're a slave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For that moment while you're singing, you're right. enjoying yourself. You're having a good time. Well, overall, we're saying the job's still a bad job. Yeah, it can be a terrible job. I was telling you about this off air. Um, we were having lunch, and I was telling you about the fact that my plane to England, and a big hello to anyone who came and saw the show in London. Um, all, all the so- shows sold out, so thank you so much for the amazing support. It was my first week that I ever really loved London. Oh, really? Like, I've yeah. always had a really indifferent relationship to London. Like, yeah. it's one of the greatest cities in the world. But yeah, it's great. I've never had a good time while I was there, really. I've never felt like people really, like, were really into... And I had two weeks in the heart of Soho, and some mornings, you know, my body would wake me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I would walk around London, and you walk around these fucking castles and all these, yeah. like, old buildings, and no, there's no one there. It's like I'm in the fucking Walking Dead. Yeah. And then, like, two hours later, that city is so fucking full of people. Yeah. Like, it's one of those cities where you're like, there's too many people. Let's not let more in. There's too many there for are, what needs to be done. Yeah, there are a lot of people there. Too many. There's too yeah. many people. So, you're, so are you calling for a plague? <laughs> I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying if it happened. Let's look at the Sorry, upside. did I read something else into that? Right. Well, I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> so... Anyway, um, uh, what was I saying about that? I, so, uh, flying to London, I stopped in Dubai. Uh, there was a stopover in Dubai, yeah. and I was saying when I went to the lounge in Dubai, it was like, it was like they were slaves. Yeah, well, they are slaves. Yeah, well, that's not good. I'm anti-slavery. The, the, the it was same. Weird. I the, mean, it's fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I can see why the people who have slaves, like, I would just sit there and they would bring me stuff. Yeah. 
Well, that well, but I don't feel like that's fair. They're just trying to not get beaten, right? And like they, well, I don't want them to get beaten. They they did a great job. They have their. But I feel bad that I was part of it. Now, yeah, you you slides. were you were basically living made, in America in the right. in the 1700s, and you were a slave owner. Right. That's how I feel about you now. Well, I'm, maybe I want to be Lincoln and fucking free those slaves. Well, maybe I'm going to next time I go to Dubai. I'll yeah, right. now I've lit a fire. I right. What kind of fire? I don't know. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's better with Batman. They um they get their passports taken away when we get there. They live in squalor and they um they don't make enough money to pay off their debt and debt is illegal there. Right. So if you are in debt, you can be thrown in prison. What for having debt? Yes. How are you going to pay off your debt? So there's people who go there to have with a job and then if they get fired from their job, they get thrown in prison because. They have whatever a car or a house or whatever in their name. And they're automatically in debt and they get tossed in prison. It's a great system. They also have an indoor ski place. They're they shouldn't exist. <laughs> they're trying to create a new world that can't be, <laughs> <laughs> which is what they have on the brochures. <laughs> like, this should not be. This should not be. <laughs> Dubai, when this fucks up, it's going to fuck up so hard. It was really funny. I was watching last night. I was watching uh, G.I. Joe. Of course you were. I mean, what else? I have been on a lot of other way to relax. I have been on a lot of planes in the last two weeks. Yeah. I flew to fucking um, uh, Alaska, which is nine hours on a fucking yeah, plane. Yeah, that's rough. Then I flew back to Australia, which is 14 hours on a fucking yeah, plane. That's then I flew to London, which was 24 hours on a plane. With a delightful yeah. slave stop on the way. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're stopping in slave land. And then uh, nearly 11 hours back to LA just the other day. So I've fucking seen a lot of movies. Yeah. Like I've seen everything that's on the things. Like I've seen movies that I thought I never wanted to see. Yeah. I've, I've seen movies that actually were better than I thought they were going to be. And I've like, seen... such as? I can't remember any of them off the top of my head because my brain has been so sure. smashed by... Yeah. I'll tell you what I did do, and this is what I like about fucking Air New Zealand, by the way, is that um, uh, Air New Zealand, they uh, have full uh, series of TV shows on their like in-flight movie thing. Yeah. So instead of like so a few you, episodes... Which is what they usually do. They give you like two yeah. because they want you to go home and watch it. Right. But what they should do is give you a run. Whole series. Yeah. Because that's what you want on a long flight. Yeah. You can watch a whole series or something. You're like, oh yeah, I wanted to see that. And then you can watch as much of it as you want. Yeah. So I watched... Um, Arrow. Do you know oh, what is Arrow that the is? CW uh, thing with the? It's the Green Arrow. As a child, as a teenager, well, as a, right? Like, yeah, he's a young Green Arrow, and not, so, but like he's like eighteen or something, seventeen. No, no, no. He was on lost on an island for five years. Sure, that happens. So, <laughs> so far, I can't argue with these plot points. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, now what? Now what sort of? <laughs> Now, how does a how does a boy get lost on an island for five years? What sort of island was it? Okay, uh, <laughs> so uh, they're on a boat. Uh-huh. Um, essentially, it's the plot of Gilligan's Island at the start. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they go on a boat. Him and his dad. And what's happening is uh, Green Arrow. Uh-huh. He um, well, he's not Green Arrow at this stage. Right. He's billionaire playboy at this stage. Oh, he's a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you need to be. Oh, to, yeah, to be a full-time the... vigilante, you need to be a billionaire. I forget. This is Seth Rogen was the Green Arrow. No, he was the Sidekick. the Green Hornet. Oh, shit, I got my greens mixed up. Right, and there's also the Green, the green Lantern. Lantern. I know. I know what the Green Lantern. And there was the Green Mile, which was not about superheroes. <laughs> well, kind of was. <laughs> kind of was. Kind of was. He was about a magical black man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so well, I guess I don't know who the Green Arrow is. 
So uh, the green arrow is an archer, and he's like, it, it's. Kind I'm of- already bored. <laughs> 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 they do do a, a lot of having to justify why in modern day society yeah. he would be an archer. Yeah. Like there's a lot about the philosophy of why a bow and arrow connects with what he's doing and yeah. is important and symbolic because clearly it's not practical. What's the difference between him and the guy in the Avengers? Um, I, I, the, nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Okay, go ahead. No, nothing much. <laughs> They're both ridiculously outdated in their weaponry. Yeah, okay. Uh, No, well, Oliver uh, Queen, Oliver Queen, yeah, Oliver Queen, Uh is um, he's kind of like your Bruce Wayne Batman style deal, where like he's the young billionaire who everyone thinks he's a, you know, and that's what he was. He was the, you know, and so anyway, he's having sex with the love of his life, and then he starts banging her sister, and he uh, decides to bang her sister on a boat cruise with his dad, and it turns out that his dad is like being involved in this secret, you know, running, you know, the city, because they're all the rich people who run the city together and they clearly got some plot to get rid of the poor or something and he has this notebook which has all the names in it and then he kills himself so that Oliver can survive spoilers and uh, then he goes to the island for five years where he's trained by mysterious people who are good at archery and live on the island oh yeah yeah, he he goes on a journey and then he comes back to the city and He's like, I'm going to fight crime as a vigilante and the with guy bows and arrows. Who, the guy who made this up is the laziest of all the superhero creators. <laughs> it would have been better if he said his dad left and he went into a closet <laughs> and he learned how to do something for a while and then he came out. Right. It's, it's one of those things where it's not as good as it could have been. Yeah. But, but it's not as awful. Like, it's 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 entertaining enough if you are the sort of person who would like to watch a superhero thing on TV. So he has, like, a lair, and he goes in and puts on his costume and then comes out and shoots arrows at people? Yeah. Do the arrows, like, do the... So do the arrows, like, go into people and kill them? Yep. Or are they, like... Oh, yeah, he's a killer. He kills people, He kills people. Cool. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's like, good. you know, he's not yeah. like Batman. He will kill someone. Right, okay. And he doesn't care about killing someone. Yeah. He's oh, got to so... be a righteous vengeance. Okay. Yeah. So at the start, there's a lot of mixed messages in the community about whether he sure. should be appreciated or not. Well, arrows are popping up in people. Right, exactly. Yeah. Who is this vigilante? Yeah. Oh, maybe he's a hero. Let's go it's on a 12-episode journey and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I know the arrows are green right. and that makes me think he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's about a guy who recycles arrows. Uh, <laughs> so he's really good. Does he have a magical shooting power or is it just like he's been taught? Yeah, on the island, he was like, uh, you know, taught by this guy who was good at yeah. archery and that's how he survived. So he's just really good at it. And he has this trick when he works out because he's got the best rig of anyone on TV. Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. And like it, it, he would make Matthew McConaughey put a shirt on. I know that, that's like, the most, that's the most upsetting thing he <laughs> has ever said to me. Take that back. <laughs> like he's really, that's the person doesn't exist except so, for Ryan Gosling. So they have this these workout scenes, uh-huh. and like he has this trick where he's like uh, he's on hanging on some bar, and then he goes he pulls it out and like goes up to the next one like he's on some monkey oh, bar sure, thing, yeah. and that's his move. Yeah, and it's in every episode. It must be contractual that that's at least hilarious. some stage you've got to see him doing that workout. Yeah, we get he can do that workout. If I had a show there, will if I ever have a show, there will never be a workout scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
ever. I mean, like, sometimes he's practicing his fighting. So that's sure. kind of, okay. you know, that's yeah. what you want to see. But, yeah. yeah, him just working out, I'm no, like... It's, you know, that's not for no, you. It's not for me. Actually, the whole show is not for you. I know I enjoyed it. So that's what I was saying. On my 12-hour journey, I managed to... Um, oh, I watched that uh, Seth Rogen, Barbara Streisand movie, you know, where... Oh, yeah. the car. Right? Yeah. The guy who wrote that's actually a really good writer. Right. Oh, well, you know what? I could say that. Yeah. I, I actually thought there's... There was plenty in it that you were like, there was times where you were like, this is maybe okay. Yeah. It was, it was based on an actual trip he took with his mom. Yeah. Like it's a real. And you could tell that. Yeah. And I thought those moments, the moments that felt re- like real, mm-hmm. I thought that I enjoyed them. And then some of the others I didn't as yeah. much. I watched the end of Warm Bodies because that's the only movie that I've walked out of this very, year. Yeah. So I had to, I, I just got back in at the end and yeah. got through. And yeah. you know what? It finishes up okay if you're willing to take two months in I'm, between. I'm not. Just I'm get halfway. I'm upset take two by months the, off. Yeah, I'm upset by the entire idea of it. That's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It's offensive. It? Yeah, I think that that movie could just be called... Because the plot, if there is one, makes absolutely no sense. And I know it's a fucking zombie movie, but it's got to make some sense. Yeah, it has it's to never stay within the rules. Like, this is the rule. This is the one, essentially the rule of this movie. Teresa Palmer is so hot that she could even bring a zombie back to life. Because... <laughs> There's no other reason. <laughs> that's so that, bad. That's that's the on that's like she just happens to be so hot and he falls in love with her that he becomes a human again. You're like, uh-uh. that's not a thing. No, that's not a thing. Like she's really hot. He's br- he's dead. He's dead. He de- you don't come back from dead. You're dead. Right. No no zombie movies of cures or figuring it out or coming back. No no no. They're dead. Yeah. They're dead. That's how it works. They're dead. Don't get me started. 80, 86 kilos. Uh, oh, 80, that's good. 80, that is good. That is good. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, that's All right. right, so now we know. In Australian terms, I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, watched the movie G.I. Joe. Okay, now that is... Uh, now, I just saw the trailer for the first one. This is the first one you saw? Uh, the one with the, the, the Rock and Bruce Willis that just came out. Like, okay, recently. so that's the second one. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you but know, the first how, one was a huge. You know hit. how I could tell it was the second one? Oh. There was heaps of the movie that I didn't understand. Yeah. Which is not something that I ever thought I would say about a GI Joe. Yeah, movie. you would think GI Joe would just be a standalone situation. I would just be like, this. It's just about toys, right? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have been like Toy Story. It's, <laughs> it's like it's a toy movie. It should be a toy movie. It's a toy movie. Apparently, it's a real. There's a real GI Joe guy, and he does stuff, and then it's complicated. That's my breakdown of the movie. They all are toys, and occasionally other toys will come in. They're not actual toys. I mean, but like as in, they're actors, but clearly their whole plot development, their backstory is, you know that toy? That's the backstory. Yeah, okay. It's never explained to me. I just had to assume that when so-and-so came in and started doing karate and stuff, and everyone's like, ah, so-and-so, that that would be a moment like, oh, we got that other toy in. But I did not... There was lots of it. I was like, I don't actually know what's going on. Who was Joe? Uh, so Joe... So this is the sequel. So Joe is Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is Joe. Oh, come on. What? When did he stop trying? I, you know what? <laughs> do you know what I think? Some movies he I, I tries. Will, I will be able to say movies... to young people. I will be able to say, do you know what generation I come from, young person? Not only did we have a planet that didn't have the weather conditions that we've left you with... But Bruce Willis was actually in some good movies. He was. There was a time. Well, Red was good. 
You know what? I rewatched fucking Die Hard 3 on the plane as well yeah. from Air New Zealand. Yeah. But it was the... Uh, That's the one with the big bomb on the boat at the end, right? Uh, no, Die Hard 3 is the... Uh, it's the Samuel Jackson Yeah, the, and that, one. there's a big bomb on a boat at the end. They're like on a boat and they're strapped to a giant liquid bomb. Ah, yes. Yeah, is. that was a yes. little over the top. Yeah. It, look, uh, uh, there's a lot of that one that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's still actually very entertaining. Yeah. But I was watching the... Uh, for TV version, for whatever reason. Oh. It must have been the one... The airline had access to. Well, that's an interesting choice considering the the, the racial uh, choices they made in that movie. Right. So yeah. there was a lot of melon farmer. <laughs> Everyone was a melon farmer. Like, Samuel L. Jackson he... uses the melon farmer word a lot. Right? What about when he has to walk out, Bruce Willis has to walk out in the street with the billboard that yeah. says. Yeah, no, I did not say just was, it was. It was just gone. Yeah, it was gone. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's some serious whitewashing. Yeah. Bruce Willis does a yippee-ki-yay melon farmer. <laughs> like, and is that offensive to melon farmers? Like, what have they done, by the way, to be you know, now their main insult in well, every one of these? They fuck melons. Oh, not melon fuckers, though. They're farm. Ah, oh, right. 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 <laughs> no, makes, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Sad old, sad old, you know, the, the ones that are single. So uh, Bruce Willis is G.I. Joe. And, uh-huh. it, and he can't come out of retirement. Shit, no. Because the president has said, Joe, you can't come back to... We've, Joe, you've done enough? You've done enough. You can't come back. You're too reckless. How, yeah. Shit goes down when you come to town, yeah. Joe. Joe, Joe, you can't control yourself anymore. Right. And we can't have that. Things are different now, Joe. There's a scene where they go to Joe's house when they need Joe like, help yeah. later on. And if and, and by, the, by way, the way, this scene has never been done in any movie before. <laughs> so I'm I'm really anticipating what happens. Uh, by the way, I should say there's going to be a lot of GI Joe spoilers. Oh. Uh, in this conversation. So for so the if four you're the sort of, you. of person who worries about uh, GI Joe spoilers, what I would say to you is have a look at your life. Seriously, right now, have a look yeah. at the life where you're upset that I'm going to spoil J.I. Joe. I mean, for me, I would recommend some introspective uh, investigations and th- and therapy, probably psychotherapy. psychotherapy. Like, really get that into it. That electroshock thing. Yeah, Just electroshock, yeah, yes. all of it. Lobotomies are also uh, a thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, so um, he goes to visit Joe because they need his help. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Rock, uh, by the way. The Rock goes to visit. The yeah. Rock needs Bruce Willis's help. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck off movie. <laughs> the Rock, how did The Rock not get that script and go you guys this doesn't work at all seriously The Rock's pretty good you know what the interesting thing about this movie is there's a couple of times where you think they've tried to do a Starship Troopers style thing with it there's yeah. some really self aware stuff there's mm-hmm. some really funny lines and then it just it, it, there's no plot unrealistic things happen you're yeah. like that makes no sense at all that's clearly just because they wanted to show off that thing and you're like, I don't understand this. I was actually compelled by it because I could not work out what the fuck it was. I, be- I bet you anything there were 10 writers. Right. And one of them was really good at dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And it did. Like, it was like, oh my God, I'm watching something by Shane Black. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so, uh, so he's gone to visit Joe and Joe doesn't work anymore. You know, like he's, the president said, you know. Is, Joe, is Joe unhappy to see him? Is Joe like, oh, here we go again? Well, you know, Joe wants to get back in the game. Joe wants back in the game. Joe wants back in the game. But, yeah. he's, in, but he's in retirement. He's in retirement. He can't yeah, come but back. Yeah, but let me ask you something. What? For how long? Right. Well, not for long. <laughs> not for long, it turns out, Dave. Uh, Joe's in, and then Joe, 
in one of the more hilarious scenes in the thing, starts opening like the kitchen cupboards, like they're in his sure. kitchen. He opens the kitchen cupboards, they just come out and it's all like weapons. Of course it and is. And then they go into the, all the drawers and they're all weapons. Yeah. And they open this thing in the living room and it's all weapons. Yeah. And then they're going under the couch and it's full of weapons. Yeah. And like, it, and you're like, man, this guy has issues. <laughs> His whole house is made of weapons. Or he's an American. Did you ever think about that? The whole house was made of weapons. American. It was nowhere to have his dishes. All of our like houses. Like all the places where you would have your yes. dishes. He's still, if you've got that many weapons, it's still you have like a shelf for your mugs. Well, he where, doesn't, where do he doesn't need them. Where he, do your if, mugs go, G.I. Joe? He doesn't need them because he's going to get a mug with his weapon. Right. <laughs> So he doesn't need anything. Right. Weapons get you everything. Yes. Right. He lives a different... Okay, there's, so there's some plots in the basic household daily living of G.I. Joe. Yeah. There's some problems. Right. Toilet paper? No, weapon. Whole well, thing is a fucking weapon. Yeah. Okay. You can't shoot the shit out of your ass. It's, you know, <laughs> there's no reason to think when you watch a movie. <laughs> well, this movie in particular, I would say. Did, did The Rock enjoy this? Was he like... Well, here's the thing. The Rock's really good in it. Like he the, genuinely Rock's genuinely, is. the Rock, you know, like I've said many times, The Rock fucked up by doing comedies. The Rock was going to be the next big thing. Right. And yeah, he's good in all this stuff. He's always oh. good. He's good. And and in a G.I. Joe movie, like he does kind of look like a toy coming to life. Like, well, does and he, he does like, good comedy have, and he does good action and he manages to combine them both yes. quite well. Have you I seen think. The Fast and the Furious 6? I haven't seen it it's, yet, no, because uh, I haven't seen the first five and I didn't think I would uh, understand I don't know. the this complicated one is, This one is this one plot the whole new levels of insanity. Yeah. But he now looks like three people because his arms are so big. Right. <laughs> It's insane how steroided out he is. Right. Is he the same way in G.I. Joe? Because it's, it's like, massive. it's distracting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He looks like a toy. He looks like his arms are on those yeah. rotator things. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. And there's a really hot girl in it. And her role is to be really hot. And there's this one scene. That's fine. Where she's like um, doing something in front of the mirror. And the whole shot is just on her breast. Yeah. And I'm looking at her and I'm going, I almost feel like it is disrespectful not to masturbate. Yeah. Like it was that sort of scene. And then she took her top off. But after I'd already, like, it was like oh, they just so gone, they, they this is pretty it. hot. And yeah. they went, I oh, then we'll just do How it. How about this? We won't do it. We'll, How about this? We won't just tease it. We'll just actually. And you were like, who's The Rock? <laughs> yeah. That's that's called making movies. <laughs> right. So uh, Channing Tatum is in the first bit of it. Interesting. Um, and the when you watch the first 10 minutes of the movie, the homoeroticism mm -hmm. between his character and The Rock's character, yeah. it is like I was watching a futuristic sequel to Brokeback Mountain. That's awesome. Like, it, I, I honestly felt like they were going to yeah. fuck. I, wouldn't have been great if they had. <laughs> I would have been. <laughs> I think that would have been great. Screaming G.I. Joe yeah. while he fucks. And I assume that The Rock would be the top. Well, you'd, you'd right? think so, right? I mean, how else would that go? Could you imagine <laughs> The Rock being the bottom? No. <laughs> Not in any script I That write. would indeed be rock bottom. <laughs> The end of this podcast forever. And no more words needed to be said <laughs> in the history of mankind. Um, I saw The Hangover Part 3. I'm sorry. How, can I just ask you a question? How hilarious is it to see an exotic animal oh decapitated on a highway. Oh How funny oh is that? Oh my God. How terrific of a writer oh is Craig Mazin? I really, I, I almost walked out and that's four minutes into the film. Yeah. And I was like, this is already, 
I don't think that even if this movie for the next 18 minutes is the funniest movie I've ever seen, yeah. I think you've already done so much damage in, the in first this first four minutes. Four minutes what that happens? I am just, it's just, it's like from everything about it is terrible. Yeah. For the first, I was listening to the comedy film nerds guys and I can't remember who said it, so I don't want to, but it was they said it was very brave of them to make a... You know, the first two movies have been comedies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there is an element of that where you're just like... I just assumed... It was the middle of the day. I had two hours until the show. like, And it was one of those days where I'd been busy doing other stuff and I needed to just, you know, kind of wind down for a couple of hours, yeah. do nothing before my show. Yeah. I thought, fuck it, perfect. If there's a movie on, whatever it is, I'll go and see it. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, we're, we're going to have to talk about the movie The Purge. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I oh wonder, my god! I, so oh, anyway, I shouldn't see it. <laughs> we'll get to that. I, so. It is. It is about uh, uh, a young woman eating biscuits and then vomiting them up, right? If it had been Dave, <laughs> <laughs> it certainly would have been more terrifying and compelling than what I watched. <laughs> I, I was uh, as soon as I came out of it. And I was composing this tweet in my head to keep me interested for the <laughs> last not 20... Good. When you're composing a tweet during a movie, that's not a good sign for the for movie. For the last 20 minutes, the only thing kept, that kept me there was like the, the entertainment I was getting from me uh, composing this tweet. Oh, my God. In my head. That's and, really sad. Yeah. And Number tw- one movie, though. That, well, my tweet was that every year Hollywood should have one day... Whether I was <laughs> purge the industry of people who take really good concepts for movies and turn them into predictable, yeah. non-thrilling well, thrillers. They're, they're really good the, at it. It's a terrible film. Yeah. yeah, I was not scared once. Like not even. Yeah. Not once. And it's just none of it makes sense. None of the decisions they make make yeah. because it's such a great idea. Well, it's taken from Star Trek. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, a Star Trek episode, uh, the original Star Trek, is they go to a planet. And there's something called the Red Hour, which is now the name of Ben Stiller's production company. Right. And during the Red Hour, everyone just goes fucking bug shit crazy and right. does whatever the fuck they want. Right. Yeah. So it's taken. So this, from- this is for people who haven't seen it, and again, spoilers. But um, uh, after my uh, review, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how you wouldn't at right. this point. Make your own choice. Well, say you're on a plane, and that's all yeah. they're showing. So um, I went into it with. I'm going to say, like, I went into it going, oh, this will be fun. Like, yeah. I, I really have been looking forward to seeing this. It's a good idea. Yeah. So every year in America, America's under this new world order thing, like in this new kind of United States. And that's an interesting no, concept so that's as the, well. Well, that's, that's not real what you're saying right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in light of recent revelations <laughs> about the fact that everybody's reading our emails and yeah. listening to us on the phone. Yeah, sorry I just that. want more people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Can that? Can you know? All, all I said was, uh, when I heard that, is can I can I figure out a way to expand my podcasting audience right. using your technology? Well, I, I assume if we said like bomb bomb plane, well that was a la a la bomb bomb that plane. Sh- that or should be the protest, right? Everyone should pick up their phone and call and say bomb right. bomb 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 bomb, and then uh, you know blow up the system. Right. I, I picture the computer <laughs> spinning and then smoke coming out. A lot of people <laughs> who are in barbershop quartets get uh, <laughs> unnecessary visits from the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that that was a bit weird. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, f- I find that we've just given over our information to the world. Yes. You know, because we put all our stuff on. Yes. You know, Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, like I got, you, you know, I got hacked. Were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, you sent me an email. Did you send me money? 
the year. Now, that, now I'm finding out who the people who really care about me are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't you should have sent money to the Philippines because right. that's where I was stuck. Right. <laughs> um, Did you want to talk to, about that just briefly? We can. Yeah. yeah let's uh, but but they but but the guy who went in. So the guy I was I was actually in therapy, and then at the end of therapy we were going to schedule another therapy session. So I went to my, Oh, I think I went to my phone. Cause I was like, Oh, I think I have a, I had a dream or something. I wanted to tell her or something. I'd written down an email yeah. and I went and all my emails were gone. I was like, Oh, that's weird. So at the end of therapy, I pressed a button and nothing happened. It's like, you have no emails. And then I was like, Oh, that's weird. And then all of a sudden I got like 50 texts from, him. I was like, Hey, uh, yeah. and then I, so I, I basically had to go into my account and, change the password and then wait 24 hours because the guy went in and he deleted all my contacts. Oh shit. And he deleted all my emails. Really? My hit my since 2005, every email gone. Serious? And so which is but I have all I have all my emails forwarded to another email address just in case that ever happened. Right. So I have them. But I was like why why do you want, why do you want all your emails from 2005? Oh, that, that feels like that might be an issue. Script stuff. Script stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, because uh, I can, you can do the date and go back and go. I get that draft right. <laughs> no, then. no, that makes sense. So, um, <laughs> but do you don't you keep your emails? Not since two thousand and five. Yeah, but you don't think there's ever anything in there that? Nah. No. Not really. I think it'll happen. I leave a little hand to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grifter. I'm a traveler. Okay, fair enough. I run away from my problems. Uh, every year you try to reinvent yourself, and that includes deleting all your emails. I don't need it. It's a fresh start. I feel like you're hanging on to baggage. I mean, everything's forward, man. It is. It is just email, right? I I I feel like email. I just like to clear out email. I love to clear out email. I like to be done with things. Do you? I'm done with you. Let's move on. Okay. Do you clean anything else out, or is it just emails? What do you mean? I mean, when you do this turnover of a new thing, right? Are you There's like nothing better than just having nothing in your email folder? Here's what I think you should do. I think you should delete you all your emails, email. and then set your house on fire and walk down the street with a backpack. <laughs> and then everyone knows Will's doing his thing again. <laughs> and it should always be in slow motion. <laughs> well, my hips are sore, so that's. That's actually fine. That's my normal motion, but to other people, it will appear. To be in slow it motion. would be great to see you coming out of a fire. Like if the hotel caught on fire and you would just be casually walking out and people would be like, are they shooting a movie? Because that guy looks cool as a cucumber. I once did come into a fire, but I didn't have any water to put it out. So I just... Is that true? That's my best option. That's, <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yes, Dave, that's true. <laughs> what were we discussing? Everyone masturbates in front of fire, right, guys? Right, I guys? Do. Well, arsonists do. Why we all got kicked off Survivor? You may have been an arsonist at some point. But what, you mean in like another life or something? Or you just mean in this life? I could have this life. They, yeah, earlier in your... It could have been when you were part of Triple J. <laughs> they could have been your thing, the arsonist. Or you would just start fires and jerk off. <laughs> I don't know about your past. Because you erased all your emails. <laughs> so... That's why I was banned uh, from the movies after seeing Backdraft. <laughs> Never going back. <laughs> so um, anyway, the guy deleted all my emails, so I had to go back and ask Google to restore them and all that stuff. But then I was worried, like, because there's a lot of information in my email. Like, right. do they actually go and mine it for like your social security number or whatever they want to take over your 
your ID. Well, I guess. But they don't, actually. They, they don't? just No, because it's just a guy. Because it's like a computer program or something. Well, it's a guy. And no, it's actually just like a guy who's learned to hack who lives in like Nigeria and he's in some small town. And he doesn't, he can't actually do anything with that information. All he wants is for people to send money to the Western Union down the street. So he's not actually at that level. Right. Hopefully. I mean, that's what everyone wrote. I uh, saw on your Tumblr, uh, one of your uh, people had a very funny exchange. Oh, right? With him. Uh, that is one of the guys from the Super Ego podcast. Oh, is it? Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, it's uh, it's well worth checking out yeah. at, at Dave's Tumblr page because it's uh, it's a really funny exchange. <laughs> Because they it, they managed to do that. I mean, and people have done it before, and that they acknowledge that when yeah. they're doing it. But it's it's a really funny, nice little you know, back and forward to, yeah. to get the idea of the story. I sent the guy an email from another address and said, "What should I do?" And he didn't respond to me. He must have known it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Did we finish talking about GI Joe? Well, I mean, I, I guess all I wanted to say it's just very homoerotic and uh, yeah. very hard to understand. And someone pretends to be the president. It's like one of those things where like they've got the real president locked up and that oh, he, yeah. he pretends to be the president, but they Whatever. work it out through... You it's know. hilarious that you, you when you say that, you go, you know, it's one of those movies where someone pretends to be the president. Because that's... Ha- like, it's how sad is it that that's happened so much? <laughs> that horrible plot device that you say... Oh, and uh, one of the characters is called Snake Eyes. Sure. And he wears a mask. Sure. And then he was unmasked and he was Asian and I couldn't work out if that was racist or not. That is incredibly racist. I thought it was, but then I thought, well, maybe he was racist in G.I. Joe. And then I was like, well, that means the movie's not racist. It just means they're racist toys. (laughs) This is a movie based on racist toys. But the movie is still racist. Because if it's based on racist toys, then it's still a racist movie. You would have to stop the racist. Isn't it bassist? No, it is very basic. No, you're right. It's basis. Yeah, basis is okay. Racist. Basis is okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I watched uh, yeah the end of Warm Bodies, which was terrible. I watched GI Joe, which was terrible. I watched The Hangover Three, which I, I mean, it was just Can I? so. Go on. So the writer of that movie, yeah, Craig Mazin. Good. Go. I'm gonna get a bit. Okay. Also has written several other movies such as Scary Movie 3 and Scary Movie 4. And he is uh, an abomination of a writer. And he makes a fortune. And he has a blog called The Artful Writer. In which he discusses at length the art of writing. How does he keep getting work? And he, he must schmooze. Okay, so Hangover 2, he wrote it. He, the, cred, the credits are him, Todd Phillips, and another writer. Now, that was not well received. No, because it was terrible. So Hangover 3 mm. is Craig Mazin and Todd Phillips, and the other writer is out. So right. I surmise... So he was the dead one. He, he, he was the one with a few remaining jokes. <laughs> No, Craig is the guy who who immediately, during the first the project he's working on, poisons it for the other guy and right. blames it all, and then goes, you know, if we just get rid of him, we'll make right. something good. Right. So he's the guy that's always working that angle. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go back over his stuff now. Yeah. Terrible movies. He wa- he once wrote an article about he he was the guy carrying the torch for the airplane movies. Right. He was the no, next generation. He was the guy. Burning down the legacy of the airplane. <laughs> that's that's what he was using that torch to do. That's who the arsonist was. I know who's jerking off into fires. That fucking dude. 
I saw the Hangover 3. I would have rather watched him for an hour and a half jerk off into a fire. Why would you take a character, like a guy like Zach Galifianakis, everyone wants to like that guy. Yeah. And it was like they just made the choice to go, let's see if we can just make him the most unlikable character in... Did they really? It was terrible. And there was, it was all kind of because he's going through a mental breakdown. That's not funny. Well, not the way they did it. <laughs> Certainly not. I mean, I don't think I don't think people having mental health crises is all that hilarious. Not as funny as it used to be. No, you know? not, not like I mean, there was days. a time. Yeah, there was a time. There was a time. There was a time, and it wasn't that long ago. Let's not pretend that we're better than that. Yeah, it wasn't okay. that long ago. Okay. But it's not now. No, I don't think it is. I was so happy the other day. I read finally someone summed up my entire thoughts on this whole you know rape joke thing, which was like there was actually a, finally an article where people were like, okay, you know, here it is. Um, of course it's okay to make a rape joke if you are a person who has the skill to make a rape joke there's no topic yeah. that can't be you know Carlin did a great rape yeah. bit and, and Louis did a great rape bit but you know what not everyone can do one no. and you know what also it's been fucking done and you know what here's the thing that we should be talking about it, fucking rape jokes are hack rape yes, jokes are hack. the new hack yeah, but I think... Right? Like, they are the new hack. You should be able yeah. to talk about whatever you want to talk about, but why are you wanting to talk about this thing that everyone else is fucking talking about that no one has anything new or positive to say? But for me, it's... For me, the thing is, like, people are always going to say it because there's always going to be bad comedians. Mm. And that's that's what it is. Like, right. it's just going to be... Shitty comedians are going to be doing that. And, yeah. And I, I don't like being grouped into this group of, like... It felt very much like comedians you're being are all being very bad right oh no i absolutely agree with and you. i was like well go fuck but yourself. i think that sometimes you know p- comedians can be very fucking privileged people when it comes to this whole we should be able to talk about whatever we want to talk about well now i need to say that i actually believe that we should be able to talk about whatever yes. we want to talk yes. about however i think that that is a very uh luxurious Sure. Position to be in. Yeah. And I talk about this all the fucking time, but we are the Joker in the King's Court, and the Joker in the King's Court's job was that he could call bullshit on authority, mm-hmm. and he survived because he was funny. But we've got to remember where we came from. We were calling bullshit on authority. We were kicking right. up, not kicking down, you know? Right. And our job is at its best when we're kicking up. It yes. doesn't mean that there won't be times when you kick down for a reason, that, or if you're trying to make a point, or that there are shitty comedians who will kick down all the time. I think our but, job is not is is not to ever kick down. We're not. We're not. But I agree. We're that's not. What I think that's as well. just not what our thing but that's is. That's our philosophy. We're supposed to expose. But we the, should be celebrating that. And I think that sometimes we need to be stronger voices in the community when we say, you know what? I do believe in f- freedom of expression, and you can make any joke you want, and I will defend that right. But hey, maybe we should just be using those skills to make. Better jokes. Yes. And that's what I feel about my show next year is going to be. It's my overwhelming emotion is like, you know what? Just fucking make better jokes. Make them as funny as the jokes you have now. Yeah. But make them better. Yeah. Like, because you know what? As an industry, we have a responsibility to show how good it can be. Yeah. And when you see the good guys do it, you just go, fuck, we could do anything with this. And, you know, I think we have a responsibility not to take the easy road. And I've done it plenty of times in the past. Of course we do. I'm sure I will continue to. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying I've realized in myself that in the past I've made easy choices when I could have made better and more interesting choices. And I want to kind of work forward and address that and try to make more interesting choices. Look, I mean, yeah, my album's not great. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need you. You you have powers. We have powers. You need to use them right. responsibly and not use them for evil. And you know, but, you know, there's a lot of there's also a lot of stupid people out there, and right. they get to have their comedy too. Right. That's that's the that's the thing I want to say to these people. There are dumb people who are not being. No one is being driven to rape because of comedy. Right. Uh, is it is it, is the the vocalization of it maybe making it acceptable? Possibly. But I would I I would say that guys who rape are raping because uh, of some problem they have or because they weren't raised very well. But no one is being exposed to anything and then going and, and it's certainly not cause and effect. No, it's it's not at all. And so you can you can silence it, but then that I I, I feel like I don't I don't ever want to approach the subject in even an in, in intellectual way anymore because well fuck it I don't want to deal with it. Right. And if I, I were ever to do that, I my first thought would be don't. Yeah. No, so no. congratulations, you know. <laughs> but that's but I think that's an okay thing. I think sometimes we can I mean I don't think anything should be off limits, but I think that sometimes we can just go, but we don't need to be talking about that. No, but then you know who talks about it? Bad comedians. Just the idiots. Right. That's that's the result. Those guys don't ever change. What you have changed is maybe smarter people like right. Patton. So can... here's what I was going to say, and this is and and this goes into the Patton thing. Yeah, I think that the good guys just have a responsibility if you're going to do that stuff, or you're going to do stuff that is interesting to make it just better and more interesting than the other stuff. Yeah. So that what people look at and Louis, you know, like I mean, there's probably some comedians who love Louis who've missed the right bits and adopted uh-huh. the wrong bits. But yeah, that's the same a, with Bill Hicks. And it's the same with, you know, the all those fucking, comedians. The, right? the number of masturbating. Uh, we get it. We get it. Everybody masturbates. Uh, it's not funny because he talks about masturbation. Holy it's shit. It's funny because of what his individual take on what he's yes. talking about is. Yes. It's not the topic. It's the execution. Yes. You know? And I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that, like, I, you know, have been guilty of, you know, you just want to go... You've got to have. If you're going to do a topic that other people have talked about, your perspective on it has to be so fucking you know sharp and different. And yeah. I think that's the positive influence he's had is that people go, that's you know, it's been good that someone with an individual thought and an individual voice. You don't have to be do. You can only honestly say, here's what I think about this yes. and my take on this, and yeah. you can make that funny. And I think that's the positive. You know, so there's yeah. positives and negatives. People always. So I just think we have a responsibility. Well, I think personally, and this is probably where it comes from when I talk about this, is I feel like I'm at a point in my career and my life where I want to go like a step deeper and better and more interesting and whatever the fuck that means. I'm not sure what that means, but there's some things that I talk about every year in my show that like, even though I say new things about them, you know, maybe a crutches that I rely on, mm-hmm. like it'd be nice to do a show where I don't have to make a joke about people thinking that I'm Adam Hills or yeah. it'd be nice to do a show where, you know, I don't talk about the fucking cats or I don't yeah. mention gay marriage or I don't, you know, talk about being fucking vegetarian. Like, even though I've always had different stories or different things, they're, you know, they're the same sort of topics, you know? Right. And, and that's been because that's who I am. But maybe there's a point where you're like, all right, well, I've maybe talked about all those aspects of that's where I am. Enough, my health is another one that, right. you know, has been a, a constant theme. And I'm like, well, maybe I just want to fucking do something really different. And I want to do something that's, you know, going to be. So it's interesting. I, and a lot of So are comes... you saying that's going to be rape? <laughs> I feel like I didn't quite. Uh, what I'm saying, Dave, is I'm going to do a one hour rape joke. <laughs> I, I, it's my. 
Oh my god, could you it's imagine? Like the aristocrats. I would not be surprised if someone is working on that. And right it's a now. one hour show just called Rape. Oh my god. And uh <laughs> No, oh and I the poster is you wearing googly eye glasses. No, no, here's the weird. thing. Obviously I've branded all my shows um over the years. Uh-huh. So I'll have to call the show Against Your Will. <laughs> uh, with one hour. Oh my god. With one L. See, that's a rape joke. That's, that's a rape joke. What I just made then was that a rape joke. That is a rape joke. joke, yeah. I don't feel like anyone thinks that I was... I do. I'm do horribly offended. Well, see, but maybe I, people I've would. never been more offended See, that's why life. I don't know where the line is. I think we've got to take into account when we're talking about these things, intent. Well, look, there, intent there was... Intent and context. There was a... There You've was just a, heard us talk about the fact that we don't think it's appropriate, and then I twist that around and I make some comment. You'd have to take context, and but people don't anymore. They just lift something out and go, I don't want to know what the context of that was. I will say this. There was a tipping point. And it was mostly Zach and Sarah Silverman who, when they were like hitting and they were becoming big, did a lot of uh, nigger jokes yep. and rape jokes yep. and cunt jokes. Yep. And at one point I was sitting in a room and I remember, I remember watching... The first two I don't approve of. The third one... I like I've met some cunts. Well, when you're when you're in a when you're yeah, I mean, look, I, I use cunt. I, I I think it's a terrific word. Um, when you're in a in a room with a bunch of hipster white kids and there's not a black person in the audience and you're using the word nigger, are you being ironic, or are you just right? Using the word because at some point, if there's no one there, you've crossed a line and it's fucking weird. Because you're laughing behind the back, if nothing else. Right. You're all you're all winking, saying, "Hey, we're not racist," but also, there's no black people right. here. <laughs> Which is the easiest way not to be racist. That's how not racist yeah. we are. Right. <laughs> In fact, if the black people never came anywhere near us, none of us would have ever been racist. It was the black people wanting to come near us. And share the same experiences that really cause racism. So, in some ways, it's their fault. So, so at some point, it became very uncomfortable no, for me to watch. I absolutely watch. Agree, agree with you. But I think that a lot of the time, you've got to, like, again, and I know this is a hard thing, but you've got to consider someone's intent. Yes. Was the intent to denigrate somebody? Was the intent right. to cause someone harm? Like, yeah. Before, when we both said that the C word is a f- funny word, I know there's people out there who'd be like, well, no, no, I think it's derogatory because it's part of a female anatomy and you're using it as a negative term. Now, when I use it, I, I would never use it like that. No, but I don't People use would have either. the appreciation. People could argue that and it sure. would be hard for me to justify why I wouldn't want to use the N word. I wouldn't want to like be racist. Right. But I would happily you know, well, drop I the think... C bomb if I... I mean, that's, you know, that's I just know, me making I know up the my argument, mind. Yeah. And like before, I, I really did kind of make a rape joke, but I assumed that everyone who's listening to this who just listened to that would appreciate the context of what I did enough yes. that I wasn't really, you know. But maybe, maybe someone would be able to be like, well, I still don't think you should even joke around the idea of joking right. about it. Right, uh, On Steel Saunders' I Love Green Guide Letters uh, podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. I'm doing that in a um, couple of weeks. It's uh, When he's over here in LA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, it's, it's such a great podcast. Yeah. And... Um, if I'm in town, we should do it together. Because uh, he asked me, I, have, uh, I just haven't it. checked my dates. Yeah. Do you know what it is? And I'm doing it on a Sunday in the afternoon. Okay, oh, maybe that'd be yeah. fun. Um, but uh, sorry, I'm not trying to get in on your shit. <laughs> Why don't you just like, let me do something? I'm right, my just own. do something. Don't you? <laughs> you just invited yourself into this. I meant because he normally has two to guess, <laughs> okay. and he had asked me to do it already. <laughs> Let's. I was, <laughs> I've been in on me before, Dave. Can I have one thing? Right. So, <laughs> welcome to Wilking in the Room. <laughs> and there's like single white female. I'm, I'm, 
I've got my hair cut like Greg. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm wearing a wallet chain. <laughs> I've got a sweater on. Yeah, a sweater on and some sort of striped pants. So I am... Um, uh, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> I think rape. Oh, so I'm on the Steel Saunders I Love Green God Letters podcast live during the comedy festival. And uh, we were raising money for... Um, a live? Guy. Like live streaming live? Or? Oh, no. It was like okay. they just did, they do a, yeah, yeah. a live show yeah. that they you know record for the podcast. And uh, Sam Simmons was the other guest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the uh, during April in Australia uh, for Beyond Blue, which is a, um, a mental health, like depression uh, uh, sort of organisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they raised money for, through a thing called Capril. And the reason that Capril is a thing, there was a um, comedy writer called Richard Marsland, who was just the nicest man I saw you tweet you'd about ever that. met. Yeah. And he um, uh, wrote for me uh, mm-hmm. when I was doing a show called The Glass House and... People would know him from Australian radio, who was on a very iconic uh, Australian radio show mm-hmm. called Get This, and just known as the nicest bloke, you know, in the world. And unfortunately, had some, you know, mental health issues, mm-hmm. and he and he killed himself. And and so one of the things that they did on the radio show used to be this idea of because radio shows in Australia, in particular, are big uh, are fond of things like it's Rocktober, yeah, right, yeah. And so they went through and they had a thing for every like EO month, which was Capril, which was a you know awareness day where everyone had to wear a cape to. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. right. So yeah. when he died, they kept that alive. And so yeah. now people wear capes and raise money and yeah. give it in his name. And it's, it's just a cute idea to kind of keep yeah. you know, that alive. And um, so on Steel's podcast, we were all wearing capes because yeah. it was, you know, Keep we on. were raising money for that uh, that day. So we we made all these, you know, jokes at the start about the fact that we were obviously wearing... And then I made this thing about, you know, there's going to be a blog on the internet tomorrow about whether cape jokes are okay or not. <laughs> and... <laughs> And at that point, I honestly wanted to take the cape off, throw it on the ground, and go, comedy, done. <laughs> it's done. Comedy's over. I've made my comment on it. Wrapped it up. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to know. But anyway, um, we should wrap this up in a minute. Yeah? Yeah. We've done nearly an hour. How do you so think it's gone? I think it's been going okay. But more entertaining than The Hangover 3, I thought. Well, I mean, that's not hard. They it decapitate a hard. giraffe for a laugh. And, I mean, it's not funny. Of course it's not funny. What's funny about that? A mentally that? ill man it just, had an animal in his... And then he like, decapitate one of the most beautiful animals in right, the entire world. One of the most beautiful animals in the Have world. Have you ever seen a baby giraffe? Oh my they're God. fucking... I just they come saw out one this weekend. And then they're they're just, ridiculous. They just, and they just come out fully formed. It's like watching balloons explode. It's, it's just amazing. amazing. It's like, amazing. This is, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Seriously. It's tiny, it's but it's miracle. giant. It's like this incredible... And it comes out and it's gangly and then it just works it out. It's spotted. In like a day. It's fucking nuts. Babies take forever. So let's cut, forever. One, of those, let's cut one of those heads off. Right. Yeah. Who's... Who hates giraffes? He's a horrible. Has anyone ever hated a giraffe? No, no one thinks it's funny for a giraffe to die. No one. You could easily do that to a clown and no one would give a shit. Right. But there'd be other animals that people wouldn't give a fuck about. Yep. There are animals that go extinct every day that people don't give a shit about. There's tons of them. Right. That we could save, but they're like, no, pandas are cuter. Did you also, did you see The Hangover 2? I didn't see it. I think I saw half of it on but, the plane. But apparently Ed Helms' character right. is, is raped. Yeah. By a transsexual? Is that yeah, what happens? Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that that might happen. I don't know. But that if it did, that's terrible and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and then and then it's never like... 
But my like it's never addressed again. Like it's one of those it. things. So they're obviously pros, that sort of thing. So Jesus fucking Christ. How can stop putting him in movies? He opened the Tonys the other night. I heard. I can't even. The Tonys. The Tonys. Like. Because you know who's always been a champion of musical arts? <laughs> Mike Tyson. That's what I've always. You know what I think of? Yeah, I think of musical theater. theater. I yeah. think I, I am Mike. My, right? I am Mike Tyson. I, think I am Mike Tyson. Of, because there's not a big difference between putting on a, a musical right. and and punching a man so hard that oxygen stops flowing to his brain. To be honest, I've seen musicals where I had wished the other thing was happening. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Starlight Express, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I actually haven't seen a lot of musicals where I didn't want that to happen. Right? To me. Do you, have you seen a lot of musicals? I can't. They don't. They don't my thing. I don't. I don't mind a musical. I don't yeah, mind them. It's just not my. I understand what you're saying, but and I, I don't think that I should enjoy them as much as they do. But yeah. I get very irritated by theater humor, which is a much easier <laughs> brand of humor than uh, than actually trying to write jokes. A guide to theater humor by Dave Anthony. Because if you a bitter guide to theater humor, I would like to be. Because if I go to see, if I go to see a, if you're in a play with me, right, and there's a joke, everyone right. will be laughing, and in the back yeah. you'll just hear, "Oh fuck me!" <laughs> <laughs> really, really, that's a joke. World's worst theater critic, <laughs> uh, Dave Anthony. Your album Shame Chamber is out. It is out. It's out. How do people buy it? You can buy it on iTunes, right? And you can buy it on Bandcamp. Okay. Yeah, those are the two main That's sites. That's the two main sites. And it's going to be. And is there a difference between the two from your point of view? Not for Australians. Uh, for me, I just wanted it to be number one because uh, I thought that would help me with the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, that has been successful. Well, that's good. That's good news. Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, I don't I, I don't know how much money I make more either way. I don't really care. Just buy it and listen to it. Just right. see if you like me. I if mean, you enjoyed more... the free stuff. Yeah. Just pay for yeah. the not free stuff, which it, pays for the free stuff. And it may not be your cup of tea, you know. Right. I, you know, but if it isn't, give it to someone. If it isn't, you can put it under your cup of tea as some sort of coaster. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no, it, it's, it's not an no, actual CD. No, it's not an actual CD. But well, you, you put can, your cup of tea on your computer. <laughs> you can you can drag it over to the, the trash bin. <laughs> and you can... Tell you what, it. I was just in London, and they fucking... They murder a cup of tea. They love it. <laughs> They love a cup of tea, but uh-huh. they do not do coffee very well. Yet. Oh, really? Oh, no, 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 what? no, no. You mean their, their coffee's bad? It's bad. Right. Coffee. Well, in Australia, we do good coffee. Yeah. And in America, you've decided just for volume. Like, Ooh. you do big coffee. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. It's true, though. The gauntlet has been thrown. And uh, I, don't, uh, I don't drink coffee, so I wouldn't right. know. Uh, well, I'm a tea guy. It, it, Australian, uh, uh, like, are very proud of their, their, their coffee. Well, you're very closer proud. to it. Right, it's a but we had a big Greek and Italian um, uh, and uh, heritage, and so that the, all the cafes grew out of like oh. that heritage, and it yeah. became famous for its coffee. And then they actually got to a point where in Italy they would send like baristas back to Australia to learn the Australian way of really? doing it. Yeah, that's wow. right. No all one, right. so you guys did something. We did some coffee, and it turns <laughs> out that the only places you can get good coffee in uh, London are places that are owned by Australians and New Zealanders. Really? Yeah. So it's like this underground like fight club right. circuit. Yeah. For, like a good cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, but um, but they. Oh my god. Fucking. They are so good at a cake. The British. 
Oh, yeah. No, they've been perfecting that for ages. Oh, my God. Like, they still yeah. lead the empire in some Yeah, way. they're cake makers. Like, America does great cake. Like, I don't want to put down America's cakes. They we do, do some, some cake. We do some... Anything... You do good cheesecake? Like, that sort of oh, cake as well? Yeah. Like, New anything York, that gets Brooklyn into Brooklyn cheesecake? The... Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, did red you, velvet you... cake? Like, yeah. seriously, America. Well yeah. done. I mean, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Some things we do, we do well. You just do amazingly, yeah. right? I don't know how you can actually get that much flavor in such a small... Oh, it's insane. I mean, it has to be scientific. Yeah, I'm I assume sure. it creates a black hole. We have guys in labs. Right. We have guys in labs <laughs> working on sure. cakes. We have, a, you know, we like to cut back on taxes and cut back on government. But the one thing we've kept in place is our cake labs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the fucking British, like, because they're so into the idea of like high tea. And like, you know, yeah. so you go to these places on a Sunday afternoon, you I get know. like stacks of tiny cakes. It's crazy, right? I haven't It's really... a place you can go to just have tea and cakes. It's, and that's expected. Yes. And it's expected for you to get like a tray of cakes. Yeah. A pyramid of cakes. Yeah. So and this isn't really something I've spoken about on the podcast yet, but, and I'm not really, this is not a big deal, um, uh, but I have to get a biopsy on my neck, the lump mm-hmm. that on my neck that I talked about in my show. And I'm going to do that in about an hour. Right. That's why we're here. Because <laughs> I'm in America. How the fuck am I going to afford it? We were talking before the podcast about whether it'll be cheaper for me to fly back to Australia and, and get a biopsy. And I done. say cheaper to fly. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, find out. But there's also a lot of back alley biopsies. <laughs> you know, I know a dude. I know a dude who can get you a biopsy. Just knock three times. I bet my agent's got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you got a biopsy guy? You got a back alley biopsy guy? come by the office. Guy? He'll do it in an hour. Right. In and out. Don't yeah, ask him any questions. Don't, no. Don't look him in the eye either. Yeah. He freaks out. He freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason you meet him and it's Bob Odenkirk and you're like what you, side work right side work side work so um, I have to get a biopsy uh, which is fine and, and it'll be I'm sure it'll be fine they've mm-hmm. said that most likely it's going to be fine mm-hmm. uh, a small amount of possibility that it's like lymphoma or something like mm-hmm. that so while I was in London it's amazing how quickly in your head you can justify like most of the time I don't think about the fact that it could be cancer because it's probably not cancer and I think well you might as well not worry about anything until you need to know about it right secondly um, it's amazing how that idea goes out the window when I want to justify why I should eat a pyramid of cakes (laughs) like I would go to these Sunday afternoon things that I want I'm gonna I want to eat one of those pyramid of cakes and my other voice would be like no, 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 yeah. you tr- tr- don't, like, you can't eat a pyramid of cakes. And then my other voice would be like, I might have cancer. You're going to deny eat me a cake. Eat cake. This might be the last time we're going to eat. Is that, is that what you want? Do you, you want me laying some- on your deathbed going, I didn't eat the pyramid? Guess what the first 47 selections on my bucket list are? Cakes of different variety. <laughs> then we'll get to the important shit. Spending more time with my family and... I don't know, whatever, but... Eating cakes with my family. <laughs> yeah, eating cakes with my family. <laughs> Setting up all my business so I can buy more cakes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I ate a lot of cake. Yeah. All right, we should finish. Um, so Shame James out. Uh, your podcast is called Walking the Room. And People other, can follow you at... My other Dave podcast oh, is yes. called The Dollop. The Dollop. Yeah. Now, um... That's just me talking in a room alone. Yeah. For 45 minutes about Ted Nugent, right? Yeah, the last one, yeah. Right, which proves that you're exactly the same amount of crazy as Ted Nugent. I think I might have cracked the gun a gun bit. Right. Oh, you, Yeah, I think I finally so might have cracked it. We were talking about this, um, that you think that, yeah, well, or it was said to you that like, maybe the dollop is that great thing if people are following your work where you'll be able to see the, the big origin story of yes. whatever became the bit. Yeah, the, yeah, everything, hopefully everything is... They get to see you empty thing. out your brain and yes. then go... Yeah. Basically, it's me emptying out my brain and then seeing, oh, there might be a bit in here and whittling it all down and going, there it is. 
Cool. That's yeah. a cool idea. Yeah, it's I like interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, at Dave Anthony on Twitter. Anything else? Is that it? Is that all your stuff? Uh, people, yeah. go to the Facebook page. I always try to post stuff from, from the show on the Facebook page because it's easier for me to do that there. Charlie is updating the website, though, if you want to download stuff off the website. Such a good man. He's Charlie. a good man, Charlie Clawson. And I mean, I'm his... still wondering what's going to happen between Zach and Holly. I mean, she's 17. Is he going to bang her? Right. <laughs> Tonight, on a very special home and away. <laughs> well, she's been hitting on him. Did you know that? Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. I've, been, I've been away. Yeah. I've been yeah. in London. There, well, there is a, yeah. Something going on. Yeah. Uh, LA, Podca- <laughs> LA Podcast Festival. That's why he can't do the podcast. Just what happened. Um, LA Podcast Festival uh-huh. is in when? October, October the October 4th, 5th, and 6th in Los Angeles. You I will, will be, be doing this podcast there. Yeah. Am I, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, that's the plan. Yeah. I'll need to do it on Saturday. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Because <laughs> I'll have to fly back to Australia on Saturday night like I did last time. You're gonna have to, oh, you're going to have to do that? Same, same. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to fly in on the Thursday and fly out again on the Saturday night. No stand-up show for you. In between my television shows. <laughs> <laughs> Not as glamorous and fun as it sounds. But yeah, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And of course, um, if you like the show, race on iTunes. Uh, put all the quotes from the show on Tofop Quotes on Tumblr or Twitter. Uh, by the time you hear this, I think this will come out uh, the couple of days before I am in uh, Seattle. I'm at the parlor in Seattle um, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, come and see my show if you are in Seattle or near Seattle or, you know. Yeah. Um, that would be really cool and uh, then I'm going to be in Montreal and some other dates but um, I'll let you know about them later so uh, thanks very much for listening Dave do you have a new uh, sign out for the podcast people have been enjoying your sign outs <laughs> oh uh, oh man I kind of want to go back to Fofout so, um, you know what maybe Fofout's just what it is it maybe that's what classic. it is um, it's a classic <laughs> it's a classic Clofout Clofout